If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to one-on-one with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is the John Cast. I'm Brian Seltzer. It's a warm afternoon in mid-June. 16-year-old Fareed Davis just graduated 10th grade. Graduated, bro. Congratulations. And here's why I say this, bro. For a kid like him, summer freedom is right at his fingertips. But Fareed's got bigger things on his mind. That's why he traveled across the city from his home in southwest Philadelphia all the way to Broad and Dauphin, a few blocks north of Temple's campus. He wants to check out something he heard about from a cousin of his. He told me this is a positive, John. I just I mean, I want to come through because I want to learn about being a dad, too. He wants to learn about being a dad. Freed hopes this week's meeting of Young Fathers United can give him some clues. The program is part of the Institute for the Development of African American Youth. It's Freed's first time there. Am I a dad? No. But am I, am I looking to be one? Yeah. Why do you want to be a dad? What, what are some of the things that excite you? I mean, I want to be a pop. I want, I want, I want a little young boy to look up to to, to help me do better. I mean, know what the ex- somebody can have some expectations for me. You feel me? Like, I have a, I'm a role model. As far as father figures go in his own life, Fareed says he's never had one. That's one of the reasons he's at the meeting. He wants to get a head start. You got one chance, so, you know, you got, like, if you want a child, you can't be a deadbeat. Like, you, you got to really put in time. You really just got to stand on what you're doing. Listen, <laughs> figuring out how to be a parent is not easy. Yeah, of course, there's books and websites and other stuff like that, but that isn't really what parenting is about. It's about managing lives, your kid's life, your own life, the lives of other people in your life when you have a kid. It's a lot. Fareed might be a first-timer at Young Fathers United, but he's not alone in his quest to ultimately be the best dad he can be. He's one of 13 people at this week's meeting. All are young, teenagers up to guys in their mid-30s, and all are black. These are guys we work with every week. They come and they... We discuss in the frustration in their voices and their day-to-day existence. This is Archie Leacock. He co-founded the Institute for the Development of African-American Youth, which from here on out to make it easier on everyone, we're going to call I-Day. As we talk in a first-floor conference room of I-Day's building about the obstacles that young black men face today as fathers, especially right here in Philadelphia, we can hear and feel the Broad Street line whirring beneath us. Many occasions, these guys haven't finished school. They don't have the kinds of jobs that they can support. So they become a pariah uh, to the other side of the family. And we have to talk to them, encourage them. There is a future you can. You are a father. That's your sperm. That's your child. And you need to build that relationship. And we want to tell you there are ways to do it. Leacock opened I-Day in 1991 when he was going for his Ph.D. at Temple. What got you to start the Young Fathers United program in 2000? It, it was a slow creep of what it is I think the, the community needed. Like the young men he serves, Leacock 
knows adversity. Originally, I am from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. When blind at 14 years old, by accident, we were playing cricket, which is a Caribbean sports. He hasn't seen the world since, and he's now in his late 60s. I think a lot of the young people do see me as a a motivation for them. And I tell them all the time, it is, you have to spend time putting sweat and tears into it. You have to believe in it and work on it, like the sound of music, every day and every night. Uh, You know, I work nine days a week, 25 hours a day, you know, to get this thing done. And still often, we are short on cash. Most of IDA's funding comes from Philadelphia city government and the Department of Human Services. The organization has won multiple awards, and it's run out of this massive walk-up at 2305 North Broad Street. You know, you think back 70 or 80 years ago, this building would have been considered prime real estate. Four stories, a couple thousand square feet. It's got these beautiful stained glass windows on the interior and elegant crowning on the ceiling right across the street from the old Uptown Theater. These days, the 19132 zip code is defined by something different. As of June 16th, according to the Office of the Controller in Philadelphia, there had been 74 shootings in the neighborhood, the fifth most in the city. 53 of those shootings involved males ages 14 to 40, which is the demographic that Young Fathers United targets. Of those 53 shootings, 11 were fatal, second most of any zip code in Philadelphia for males 14 to 40. I mean, concern right now is, you mean, coming out here without a mask, getting shot by one somebody that, you mean, trying to get me or know me. But other than that, like, I'm, I'm moving smart. But biggest concerns is, yeah, getting shot out here. That's what it's like to live in Freed's shoes. Remember, he's the first timer at this week's meeting. A lot of us call Philadelphia's gun problem a crisis. But for Fareed and the rest of the Young Fathers United participants, this is more than a crisis. This is a landmine. Gun violence could get them anytime, anywhere. Okay, so you might be starting to get a sense of what Young Fathers United is not. It's not a clinic that primarily focuses on teaching you how to change diapers or make baby formula or give you ideas about what to do with your kids on the weekend if you're struggling to come up with something. I mean, it certainly does all that, and that's part of the program, but inside the second-floor meeting room of the I-Day building on North Broad, what Young Fathers United is really about is conversation, talking in raw, real, and vulnerable terms. And as some of the guys tell me, for young black men, that's not always easy, and it's not always a norm. Where are we at? Bro, what are we doing? How many friends have we lost to this shit? But where are we at, and what are we doing? We're trying to make a change. No, we're we're not not trying. We are. We're changing the narrative. We still have this issue. Hold on. First off, young men, thank y'all for coming, because I could have been anywhere else in the world doing something stupid, but y'all here. So thank y'all for that, number one. The dynamic that's taking shape in the room is worth noting. About half the group of 13 seems to be in their teens or in their early 20s. The other half is in their late 20s, early to mid-30s. The older heads want to pass down knowledge and wisdom to the young ones. 
They're angry. That's our generation. I'm 31. I'm blessed to see this age. Because back, like he said, bro, you was growing up, you didn't make the C18. The man speaking here goes by Lego. He's one of the older dads at Young Fathers United. My name is an acronym, which means life as you go on. And I, I literally stand by that. Lego has a daughter. She's eight years old. He lost his own mom when he was 16. And after that, he says his world fell apart. He was borderline homeless. And then he got arrested on a minor charge and did time for two weeks. He was bailed out right before his daughter was born. That's what made it even made me even realize more like I can't mess up no more because it could have been a possibility that I wouldn't have cut that umbilical cord because I actually cut my daughter's umbilical cord, held her first before her mom and everything. So I'm actually blessed to even say that. Like I just made the conscious decision to not put myself in any predicament to whereas my daughter won't have her dad. Throughout the meeting, Sylvester Lally leads the discussion. He grew up on Woodstock and Diamond, and he's I-Day's director of administration, but he's got one of those gigs where he does a lot of everything. He's one of the instructors for Young Fathers United. I guess what drew me to it is the amount of, one, I was a young father. I had my son when I was 16. Um, so that drew me to it. And then just all of the advantages and being able to give back. For as much as you feel comfortable sharing, what was that like for you at age 16? Do you remember when you, you found out you were going to be a dad, some of the things you felt and how you worked through that? Yeah, I was uh, in 11th grade. <laughs> uh, I went to Martin Luther King High School um, and it was just like, oh, a baby. How did that happen? So, I mean, but... My son's now 24. He just turned 24 in May. So you just you just take it on. I mean, my parents were good parents, but I mean, they didn't like they weren't going to be like the, oh, I'm going to raise the baby for you. So I did go to college and I was able to do all that. But, um, you know, it it takes a village and I have a strong village. What do you think, looking back now, 24 years later, you know, what's what's the one thing that you feel, if you had known it then, what you know now that could have helped you in, in those early days? Wear a condo. <laughs> um, I mean, I say that jokingly, but I'm dead serious. I mean, outside of that, because raising kids is very rewarding, but I tell my kids all the time, it is the most thankless job that you will ever have. Um, and not until your kids get, you know, much older in age, that's when the, the thankfulness starts to, you know, pay off. But these, you know, teen years and preteen years and even sometimes the 20s, it is the biggest thankless job ever. During one part of the meeting, Sylvester scoots himself around the big street-facing room on the second floor of the I-Day building on a chair with wheels along the hardwood floor. Sunlight's pouring in through the windows. It's a good thing it's not too hot because there's no AC in the room. But Sylvester's going around one by one the horseshoe arrangement of folding chairs for the meeting, and he's asking each of the 13 men there, these dads, dads-to-be, and aspiring dads, a really pointed, blunt question. I have a question for, for the group, and I want to ask each individual, you can give me a, a nod, a yes or no, and that's all I'm looking for. If you could have it your way, would you bring a kid into this world right now today? 
Yes or no? Would you bring a kid into this world today right now? No. No. You would? Yes. 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 No. No. You said you're trying right now? <laughs> no. No. Yes. No. Raise your hand if you said yes. This is the general rhythm of the meeting. Sylvester poses a question or a prompt, then dialogue plays out. How much money would you say a reasonable amount that you believe that you would be able to make as a, as a man, as a father to take care of your family, whatever the case may be, how much in 2022 do you believe you need to make in order to be able to live a productive life? A productive way? I don't know. I'd probably say like 22, like 20, 22 an hour. 20, 22. Okay. 21. Depending on the topic, the opinions aren't always unanimous, but everyone in the room is respectful. Towards the end of the meeting, Sylvester brings up a subject that hits close to home. Let me bring, let me bring us back in, and I'm, and I'm going I'm to share my, my personal, very quick story, and I'm going to ask a question, and then we're going to um, wrap up. Um, some of you guys I share with, my son was shot. So the reason that I ask that question goes to this. Long story short, my son was in a car. Someone came and started shooting. They were not shooting at my son, they were shooting at the other person. My son was the only one that was shot, he was shot twice. My son may or may not know, I don't know, if, if he knows who shot him, okay? So my question is, if he does know, is that snitching? Uh, you have a question? But <laughs> <laughs> The group is talking about snitching. Would you do it? Or would you stay quiet? This sparks the most heated debate of the meeting. But see, I'm the type, people not gonna like it, depending on what my son did and how young I am, I do the time for it. That's my son, like, he ain't going in there if I can do something about it. This is Craig Henderson II talking, and depending on where you're from, this may or may not be a question that, as a dad, you have to ask yourself. Craig is 33 years old. He's got two kids, 11 months apart, Craig the third, who's eight, and Leah, who's seven. Craig is one of the most vocal members of the group. About 45 minutes earlier, during the weekly roll call and introductions, he was proud to talk about landing a second job at one of the top restaurants in the city. Craig lives in South Philly now, but he grew up in North Philadelphia. He first heard about Archie Leacock and I-Day when he was a little kid and got involved in some of I-Day's after-school programs. He joined Young Fathers United right after he had his kids. Two years ago, he got into some trouble. I got arrested March 10th, 2020. I got out December 10th, 2020. First time ever being incarcerated. First and only time, but that nine months was crazy. Craig's not with the mother of his kids anymore. He hasn't seen them since 2019. She took them to Texas. He's now trying to get a third job to make even more money. That's why I work so hard. If I, if I dwell on it, I'm not going to get nothing done. So it just makes more sense to stay positive and just keep it moving and try to work as hard as I can to bring him back. 
The idea of the quote-unquote narrative surrounding young black men is one of the most prominent themes at this week's meeting of Young Fathers United. You can feel inside the room that there's a real desire to change the narrative, for these guys to represent this change. Now, that desire can manifest itself in different ways depending on the person. A few of the guys sit slatched over, scrolling through their phones while conversations are going on. They're not really involved. But given some of the obstacles they face, you can understand why they might be disengaged or even feel hopeless. Like, how can this massive, complicated cycle possibly be broken? If y'all don't know about that care, I care. I love y'all. I ain't gonna show shit, bro, but I'm tired of seeing y'all dying. Like, that shit is sickening. Imagine with y'all moms, y'all aunts, and y'all, y'all folks going through because they, they seen y'all going that. A 29-year-old, Yizzy Yola, is another member of the group who speaks a lot during the meeting. I, I'm, I, I don't mean to keep bringing that part of the body, bro, but it's like, because I, I want to see y'all be young fathers. I can't be young fathers if y'all young and dead. That don't make sense. It don't. You know what I'm saying? So basically what I'm trying to get across to them is, like, it's more to life just than the four corners around your block. And, uh, you know, being gang gang all day because it's, it's more life outside of Philadelphia. I lived it and I got friends who lived it and I got brothers who lived it and been through. I had family members who have been shot. I had family members who have been killed. And I'm tired of it. Like, we need to change the narrative as black men and young, young kings and queens. Archie Leacock, IDA's co-founder, might not be able to see, but his vision is clear. I think education is the way out of the hood. Someone gets an education, they can move on and eventually get to the Supreme Court. It's education. And when our school district doesn't do a good enough job, we are really uh, saying, we're really not giving young people an opportunity to grow and to do the best they can. Craig Henderson agrees. He's the father of two who spent some time in prison and is now trying to get his kids back. He thinks young black men lack the guidance and information they need to make better decisions, and to be more prepared for major responsibilities in life. Responsibilities like being a dad. There's so many things to do in Philly, but if, if it's not being promoted, like the negative stuff of being promoted, you would never know about it. If they, if they would promote more opportunities and education opportunities and job opportunities, it would be there for people to grab. But if people don't know and nobody's telling them and they don't have guidance to even be put in that path, and it'll never get done. Take Yiziola, for example. Ten years ago in 2012, he was getting ready to become a first-time father. Oh, so I was excited, but I was scared. I was scared. I was, I was only, what, 17, 18? That was the, so I had three girls pregnant at the same time. Two of the women Yiziola impregnated got abortions, but the other, she wanted to have the baby. Unfortunately, my son passed away when I was 19, so that's a part of my struggle story also. And how old was your son? He was, well, he was seven months premature, so he passed away actually uh, being born. What's that been like, just having to carry that with even 10 years later? Oh, man, so listen, honestly, uh, it's, it's been a lot, but at the end of the day, coming to this program, when I, when I, starting when I did, I was actually on the verge of going downhill with life. Like, I knew it was going through a lot, and... A lot of the young fathers I met from this program, you know, kind of embraced me and took me in and uh, showed me love and compassion for the things that I was going through, especially losing my son. Because, you know, you know, being around a lot of young fathers who've been through a lot of the things I've been through, 
it's hard being a young black man trying to be a better version of what you want to be in life. It's still harder. I think about him every day because I basically feel like the chance to be a father back then was stolen from me, but now it's teaching me to be a better man. I've, I am a better man now. The Young Fathers United meeting ends with some announcements. By this time, Sylvester Lally has yielded the floor to Archie Leacock, who was guided into the room by an I-Day employee a little while ago and was just sitting there soaking in the conversation. He invites the group to a Father's Day barbecue on the 2300 block of North Broad Street because this Sunday is Father's Day. If you show up, you get a certificate for being a dad and taking part in the program. Bring the big, bring a baby mother. Let's see how many of you bring a baby mothers. Introduce her to me. I would love it. Okay, bring your kids, bring your brother, bring your... As the meeting breaks up and everyone starts to leave, another one of iDay's employees is standing at the doorway to the room, and he's got this wad of cash in his hands, and he's giving money out to each person who attended. Yesterday, one young man called me and said, I have no pampers, I ain't got no money, what do you want me to do? I said, what do I want you to do? Don't steal. Come up to my house, I'll give you $50. And that's what I did. I just reached him, gave him $50, there you go. This is what we need for young men. We need to be able to rejoice, not to have them in prison, not to have them homeless, not to have them drug addicted, and then say, you see, that's what they're good for. No, they're not good for. Those are the choices we are putting in front of them. Sunday is going to be joyous to see these young people here and their kids and their baby mothers, whether or not they're married or not. It's going to be a joy and I will be here overeating. For more information about the Institute for the Development of African-American Youth, we've got some links in our show notes. I'm Brian Seltzer and this is the John Cast, a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Thanks for listening.